Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Next Fan Podcast. My name is Jake Brusick, joined here by my magnificent co-host, as always, McGuire Munson. McGuire, how are you doing today? I'm really good, Jake. You forced me to do some things that I didn't think I'd ever do in my life. No, don't tell him about it. No, he made me buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, and it's power- not as serious as it sounds. No, not at all. But Powerball is high, and I don't believe in it, but you know what? $2 for the chance to win. Hopefully the state of California does something with that $2, but... We'll see. Yeah, hopefully they uh, take that two dollars and go buy uh, go buy this week's uh, athlete a little fan connection or something. That'd be awesome. I think that if you won the lotto, you should buy this guy's biggest card. Oh, I would for sure in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about our special guest this week because I know he is a dear friend, former teammate to you. Yeah, uh, high school basketball teammate Jacob Iman, one of my very good friends, very close friends. We. Uh, we were able to take a trip over the summer together for Jacob's birthday, and it was awesome. But, no, one of my very good friends, and I'm excited for you all to listen to this podcast. Yeah, Jacob was an awesome guy to have on. His story is one of the most unique ones that you'll hear in all of, you know, D1, D2, D3 level athletes. You know, a lot of the times this whole transfer portal, we talked about this a bunch in the episode, has a stigma around it to where, hey, a guy's just kind of lazy. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to try to do these things. And that... You know, it's kind of when you told me the story about how Jacob bounced around, it's kind of where my head went to because, like I said, it has such a negative stigma around it. But after getting to know him and getting to hear his story, I was really taken aback by how much, you know, it really meant to him and why he had to go through that journey and, you know, how he's happy where he is up now at Portland State. So. Not not only that with him too, but his, the, the volleyball aspect of him uh, being probably a, a more highly recruited volleyball player than a basketball player and then eventually finding his way with basketball and having to go back and forth and stuff like that is really cool and I hope you all like it as well and hopefully some some people learn from it and what it means to be a college athlete sometimes yeah so without any further ado let's go ahead and get right into the episode Today, McGuire and I are joined by a very special guest, a good friend of McGuire. McGuire, would you like to go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yeah, Jacob Iman, former teammate of mine from Los Alamitos High School. Um, Iman has been all over the globe um, playing Mr. basketball, what? debatably. Mr. West, Pacific Northwest. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Spot on. Yep, no, Iman is here today and I'm super stoked about it. Jacob, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. honored to have you. Uh, McGuire, like you said, one of your good friends, played high school basketball with him. Uh, you know, McGuire's told his stories. How, how is McGuire as a hooper? Um, different, different. Uh, McGuire had the green light to pull from wherever he wanted when I played with him, so it was uh, it was interesting. But uh, McGuire's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever played with. IQ, off the charts. Um, I think it's the fact that, you know, his dad's a college head coach and his grandpa's also a former college head coach. And um, but it was great. I love playing with McGuire. He was amazing. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. I'll, I'll Damn, that is, a, that is a big statement right there, Mick G. Do you feel honored? Always. Iman knows how to make me blush. <laughs> uh, I see a little note from the uh, from our little outline here. You were pissed off that you never got put in a pick and roll together. Can you dive into that a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like that was one of our things in high school. We had Mr. 6'9", 6'10", Iman over here. 
and uh, we never really got put into a side ball screen ever um, with someone that you know how to throw a bounce pass or one over a defender's head. Nothing, nothing. Again. I hope Coach Quartermarsh sees this. We all loved Coach Quartermarsh. <laughs> love that guy though. Still love him. Still love Coach Quartermarsh, but uh, still a little bit upset that we never got picked into a pick and roll together because we would have stretched the defense and we've been deadly offensively. Yeah, so you're in your third year at Portland State, and you've had quite the journey to get there. Uh, you started off, you signed with UTEP. Um, you went to Seattle, you from there, spent some time at Salt Lake City uh, Community College, and then ended up at Fullerton. Now you're at your forever home, Portland State. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, take us through that journey, especially, you know, you've been through multiple schools, multiple different types of programs, you know, you've had COVID in the middle of all that. Kind of go ahead and just tell us about that process and, you know, getting to UTEP and then what happened there and then going to all these schools and, you know, how it's been to, you know, just see all, how all these different programs work. Yeah. Um, so out of high school, I signed the University of Texas El Paso to play for Tim Floyd and his staff. Um, halfway through my senior year, Tim Floyd stepped down as a head coach. And uh, at the end of the year, they fired the entire staff at UTEP. So halfway through my senior year, I decided to get released from my NLI that I signed. So you'd already signed your letter? So I signed my letter of intent, yeah, and I signed in the early signing period. Um, I was really excited to go play for them. You know, yeah. it's a storied program with a lot of rich history, and Tim Floyd does a great job at uh, his job, I mean, which is developing great bigs. Coach, yeah, he's a great coach. Um, so I got released from my, from my um, letter of intent, and I went through the whole recruiting process all in the middle of the season. Uh, it was crazy. It was nuts. I'm not getting easy. all the, not easy, not easy. No. You know, I didn't. I had different schools reaching out from all across the country, and I ended up picking Seattle University. Um, at the time, it was, Jim Hayford was the head coach, and he had just come off his first season as a head coach at Seattle U, and they had a 21 season for the first time in 15 years. Wow. So it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and they play the kind of style that I like to play, getting up and down. They like to play with a big, who's athletic, and they like to shoot the ball. So it was, uh, it was kind of an easy pick from there. And I got there. Um, in June of uh, going into my freshman year of college, and it was an adjustment period. You know, it's uh, it's it's taking an 18-year-old kid and throwing him to a bunch of 22, 23-year-olds and trying to push him to the face the fast pace of college basketball. And, and living in a place you've never lived. Living on my own for the first time, um, and so it was. Uh, it's a change of pace, and you know, I, I was there from June till about December, and then I ended up transferring. Um, I realized that I just wasn't mature enough yet. You know, it, it takes a lot, I think, at 18 years old to tell yourself that you're not ready for this. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I credit that staff. I thank them a ton, and I've, I have no hard feelings to them. And it was, it was a very um, mutual parting. Um, and I've obviously wished them nothing but the best, and they've had great success. Um, and so I've, some of my greatest friends are all on that team still to this day, you know, that I, that I, that I see. Um, Chris Victor is now the head coach. They're the assistant coach. is now the head coach. Um, I love Chris Victor. He's a great dude. But I ended up uh, leaving uh, Seattle U, and I honestly didn't know what I was going to do for a while. And like you said, that is such a big decision for you know a young eighteen-year-old kid who's living on his own in another state by himself for the first time. Um, and then so from there, you know, you get to Salt Lake. How mm-hmm. did you come about getting down? To Salt yeah, Lake? so I um, ended the transfer portal. I had schools texting me, calling me. I had Division One hitting me up like, "Hey, what are you going to do?" And I'm like, you know, I'm just not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready yet, so um, I figured. Which is a thing to realize and be like, you know, I do need to kind of take a step back. Yeah, I was, yeah. Find myself a little bit. Yeah, I, I returned home for a little bit. I, I, I just want to make and I got kind of closer because his senior year and I went and I helped on staff at Los Al for a little bit. And Eddie Cordemarsh, we mentioned him, um, my uh, head coach, who I, I owe everything to. Um, he definitely helped me a little bit with this process. And I had some junior colleges reach out at Fullerton. I had Fullerton originally reach out to me, too. It came down to Fullerton and Salt Lake, and I ended up picking Salt Lake. Um, I took a visit out there, and I, I fell in love with it. Um, it was away from home. It's different. It's not Seattle. It's not L.A. It's not Orange County. It's yeah. Salt Lake City, Utah. 
yeah. you know. Um, and I, I loved it. I loved my time there. Um, and I ended up getting there in, in January. Um, it was actually a Division One coach who got me in contact with Salt Lake. It was Grand Canyon's assistant coach, uh, TJ Benson at the time. He's at Gonzaga now. Um, but he was like, hey, it'd be great if you went here and we could recruit you out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you'd play there one year and you have three years left to play the college basketball. So yeah. I was like, let's do it. You know, let's do it. So I get there in January, and I'm there. I had a red shirt because when you're Division One transfer, transferring down from a Division One to a junior college, you have to sit out that year, midway through the year. Oh, I didn't know that. So I had to sit out my junior, my the first whole year. Whole season, or just yeah. So they started in like November, so I was already. Oh, so you got yeah. there pretty late. Yeah, I got there in January. Second so second semester. Yeah, second semester. So I got there with another transfer from University of Utah, and uh, I was really excited for the following year. You know, I was pumped. I, I thought we had a good squad coming back. And then uh, at the end of the year, my uh, head coach, Todd Phillips, who loved Todd to death, um, Todd decided to go uh, to Utah Valley as the associate head coach there with Mark Madsen. And they've had a great success at Utah Valley now. But I'm very happy for Todd. And then um, I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do now? That's your, so that's the second coach that has left. That's second really coaching change, at. yeah. Wow, that is just, you know, tough luck. And, you know, I think there's a stigma around the transfer, port, transfer portal with college athletes. And, you know, oh, he's entering the transfer portal with uh, for the fourth time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's always a story behind it. So it's good to kind of see the story behind one of these Yeah, situations. everyone kind of just assume I'm just bounced around just because yeah. I want to bounce. Like, no, I've, I've always tried to find a home somewhere. And yeah. um, it just ends up not working out. with spent coaching a lot most of the time. And I have no... I have no hard feelings for any of the coaches. You no, know what's, no, we're doing what's no. best for you, just like us athletes are doing what's best for us by entering the transfer portal, you know? Yeah. Um, what about Hayford? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a different one. Um, I have no hard feelings towards uh, Coach Hayford. Um, he brought me in. He did a lot for me um, in my time at Seattle U. And he helped me with the knee surgery and stuff like that. Um, but, so yeah. uh, he decides he's going to head to Utah Valley. Yeah. You guys get the news. What is your name? That is what's happening. Yeah, so time? in my head, I'm like, wow, because I was still in Utah at the time okay. when he announced that. He, he came in his office. And Were he you said, about to start that year, or was this it was like um, it's probably May, right? May, yeah. May, okay. May, June, it kind of time. So um, people are starting to hit the portal. Everyone's starting to kind of transfer. Seasons are kind of winding down, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and uh, my assistant texts me after. He's like, hey, let's get dinner and let's talk about this. So was, Brian Swindlehurst is one of the most genuine college basketball coaches you will ever meet on this planet. I, I, I think everyone can vouch for that. Whoever's, whoever, whoever, people who have crossed paths with Brian can vouch for that. Um, and so he called me in his office, and or we got dinner that night, and we uh, talked about it, and he said, I'm going to go for the head job here, and uh, I want you to stay if I get the head job. And this is at Salt Lake City? This is at Salt Lake City yeah. still, and I said, of course. You have my, you have, I'll follow you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, then I got a call from Fullerton's head coach, who had already recruited me previously to come there. Yeah, you had said that it was said down he was, to them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Salt Lake, and he called me to say, hey, I heard what's going on. I'm going to apply for the Salt Lake job as well. Holy shit. So, um, okay, well, that's a plot twist. So I'm like, okay, well, that's different now. Um, for people that don't know, too, Salt Lake City Community College is like a top five junior college for, for, basketball. for basketball in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, hands down a phenomenal job they have a G League team playing their gym I was going to say don't they have the, the Salt, stars Salt Lake City yeah, yeah I've heard about so that so it's uh, Utah Jazz it's Utah, G, League right? team, yeah. G League teams so unbelievable facilities unbelievable campus they, they get people players sounds like they have an amazing staff you know they seem very you know bought after exactly yeah. sorry yeah. to interrupt but I just had to throw that in there. no yeah yeah I mean it's a very high sought after like 
junior college job. Yeah. So the Fullerton coach calls. He's, he's like, saying, hey, hey, I'm going to try to come get it. Your assistant, who you love at the time, is mm-hmm. also saying, hey, I'm going to try to get that. You're like, all right. So, so I'm, I'm torn between two people. Here. Yeah, I'm staying here. It's it's clear I'm going to stay here at, yeah. at, at Salt Lake. And he's like, um, so I'm like, okay, there's no way. Either I'm going to stay here. Someone's going to get the job that I like. Yeah. Fast forward a month, the process still going through. Both of them are texting. I go home. Um, I go home eventually, and then I get the call from our AD, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go with Kyle Taylor from Utah State. So completely different. Completely three, yeah. just threw me through a loop. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, I thought it came down to Perry Webster, who's the coach at Fullerton, or Brian Swindlehurst, who's my assistant coach at Salt Lake. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Dustin, who's the athletic director. Kevin, great pick by Kyle. I mean, still a great pick. They have done, had great success with Kyle. Um, and uh, I was kind of thrown through a loop. Yeah, absolutely. The next day, I get a call from Perry saying, obviously, I didn't get the job. I want you to come play for me at Fullerton. I'm staying here. We're going to build a great team. We're going to stay title again. Because he just won a state title at Fullerton the year before. Oh, okay. Perry's in his sixth year at Fullerton. He's had a 21 season every single year. Has gotten guys out to, to, to do. Yeah. He played at Cal State Fullerton. All-time assist leader at Cal State Fullerton. Um, great basketball mind. Um, Someone you'd want to play for. Yeah, his yeah. assistant coach, Michaela Sal, did a great job recruiting me too. McKay took me out to dinner in Salt Lake while I was still living there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, McKay's so, a friend of McKay played for my dad. Yeah. Really? So McKay is a great so shooter a small as well. World in the basketball yeah, 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 definitely is. These yeah, it's crazy. And so uh, Perry called me and he's like, hey, I want you to stay. We're going to build a great team. We're going to have the state title. We're going back to back. And Brian calls me and he's like, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to stay here at Salt Lake. I'm going to come on to Kyle's. Kyle's staff and being his assistant coach, and we'd still want you to be here. So Kyle flies out to come see me about two weeks later, I'd say. I'm home. So yeah. I'm just chilling at home, and I got a decision to make. Do I stay at Salt Lake or do I go back to Fulton? Right decision, and I was back in, in January. Yeah. You know, it's all too similar. So now I kind of have everything listed out, like, hey, this is what I, I want to accomplish this year. I want to get out. I want to go here. I want to play at this level. This is what I want to do. So I have everything written down, and um, Kyle was getting the job. So a lot of things he was still trying to get, he can, trying to get his staff together, trying to get a team together, trying to get his budget together. Well, Perry has all this figured out. Yeah. You know, like, I got this X, X, and This like, seems like the more stable route. And, you and I'm at like home. You would, yeah, you're at home. And like mm-hmm. you said, you're like, I know that I want to accomplish this, this, mm-hmm. and that. So it kind of is It made sense. And, yeah. and, and Kyle Kyle understood when Kyle came and we talked. And I called him on the phone a couple of days later. And I told him, hey, like, I'm going to think I'm going to go play for Fullerton. And him and Perry are friends. And so he's like, That's a, I wouldn't want you to play for anybody else but Perry Webster. He's a very a well-known basketball coach in the basketball yeah. community. And so I ended up going and playing for Perry. You know, and that was... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was pushed every single day. To get better? To get better, to be a better person. He changed my mentality. I became a lot more mature because of him. Like I said, when I was at Seattle, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Perry got me ready to come back to the next level again. And we had a great year. That's all you can hope for. Yeah. Well, you know, growing as an mm-hmm. athlete and as a person and maturing. Like you said, that's what you needed. I exactly. I mature a little bit, so that's awesome. Yeah, so we, uh, we had a great squad that year. Um, we were number one in the state for 19 straight games. We won 19 yeah. and we won... Won 19 straight games that year. Um, which what is, is it like to be on a win streak like that? 19 games in a row. You're always insane. feeling something creeping on your back. Like okay. you're someone. There's the target's always on your back. Yeah. You could lose the next game and you drop five spots. You know, so backs are kind of always against the wall in that kind of scenario. You know. Um, but he's a great coach. Yeah, reminding us we haven't done anything yet. Yeah, yeah we won 19 games, but it, I don't see a ring on our fingers yet. Yeah. So we haven't done anything yet. You know, and we went through a couple injuries. We had two guys tear their ACLs that year, our backup point guard and our starting point guard. And then we had another guy go down with a meniscus uh, sprain and kind of went downhill from that a little bit. We had a 22 and I think, four season that year. Um, 
But it was a great experience playing there. I'd, I've met some of my longtime friends now um, playing at Fullerton. Um, I lived about 25 minutes from home, so I could go home on the weekends. Um, and it was just uh, – it's probably one of my most fun years of playing college basketball. I had the best time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all you can hope for, especially yeah. after going through such a wild journey of, like, I've been here, I've been mm-hmm. there, and nothing's just been able to work out. And finally, I get to just play basketball again. Exactly. Like, how that? It was amazing. You know, it's like I feel like I hadn't played in years. Like, when I was picking up the ball for the first time and playing one of the first games, I was like – I want to cry tears of joy. Yeah, like it'd been forever. Like I hadn't played basketball in forever. I'd gone through a knee surgery. I've gone through coaches leaving. I've gone through all this stuff Anything to finally, yeah. exactly, to finally come home and play for a team that I enjoyed playing for and a coach that I really liked playing for as well. So it was great. And my recruiting picked up. And he's great. He has connections all kinds of schools across the country and even in LA and you're in Orange County there's so many schools that are in that area oh, yeah. that are going to come watch us practice especially if we're on a 19 game win streak yeah absolutely you're teams are a bunch of us coaches are looking like oh okay we need to go check out Fullerton yeah what's, what's that bu- right what's that buzz there. about you know yeah. so I got recruited pretty well and then uh, we went to playoffs and we lost our first round playoff game we got to buy the first round lost our second round playoff game um, which it hurt Stung, you know. I thought we were gonna win a state title that year. Yeah, that's ironic. Uh, you guys were the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it w- it hurt for a little bit, and then uh, I realized, well, it's time to make a decision here coming soon. Like, what am I gonna do for the next three years? You know. Yeah. Two weeks later, COVID hits. Oh. So COVID another hits. Curveball. Another curveball, right in my recruiting. Um, and I had all these visits planned out. You know, I had my visits planned out to different schools I wanted to go see and check out, and. Uh, the NCAA then came out with a statement saying we are canceling all in-person recruiting. So here comes here comes Zoom, Zoom. Here's when Zoom gets big. Welcome to the world, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom gets big. I start doing all these meetings with Zoom with uh, different coaching staffs at different times because obviously the time change in different states and stuff like that. And a lot of teams were really creative with stuff. Like they'd have some schools would have five coaches on the Zoom with me, and each coach would be in a different part of the campus. Which I thought was really creative, you know. Yeah, that is creative. Um, showing you, hey, the locker room for this coach showing the locker room. This coach is showing the weight room. This coach is showing you our offices. This one is showing their practice facility, which I thought was really creative. You know, it's hard for us to see what a school is all about. Without going there. And exactly. Go, so. Mm-hmm. so Portland State recruited me the day I actually got to Fullerton. June 1st, my first, or like June 15th, something like that. Whatever day I committed early to June. Fullerton, early June, my assistant, or former assistant coach, Portland State, Texted me and is like, "Hey, you're gonna be at Fulton this year." I said, "Yeah." He recruited me throughout the entire year. First college coach to me when I got to junior college. So, which leaves a big imprint. You're like, "Yeah, I know they're that leaves a huge imprint." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew the staff previously. They recruited me in high school as well, so I was already very familiar. Yeah. My former teammate Seattle U had also transferred to Portland State, so he was oh, also wow. there. So, um, it came down to Portland State and University of Milwaukee. Um, I never. T- I told myself I was never gonna leave the West Coast, and it's crazy. When Milwaukee came in a picture, I was like, ah, whatever. I'm not I'm not going there. It's too far. Whatever. And crazy came into my final two, and I ended up picking Portland State uh, to go play for Barrett Peary, um, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. You know, I was so happy with that decision. I felt like I did my due diligence. You know, I checked out the staff. I knew a relationship with staff. I had someone who's already on the team. My brother played football there as well. I'd been up to Portland before. They have amazing new facilities. It was just and everything want, yeah. Everything I want. I was on the West Coast still. Airport's 15 minutes away. I need to get home, you know. So it was, It was. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm still there. So, yeah. you know, it was, it's it's home for me now. So. Yeah. What made it feel like home, just kind of everything you just mentioned? But what, like, really stood out about this where you knew that I've, I made the right choice, I'm going to be here for these next three years? Um, 
knowing the coaching staff as long as I have, I've known since I was 17 years old. Yeah. I'm now 22 years old. So at the time I made a decision, I think I was 20 years old. So I've known it for the past three years. And it's crazy that I went through a recruiting process with them once, and then I got to do it again a second time, more mature now. So I realized, and they realized, hey, this kid's ready. You know, and they put all effort into me. And having a former teammate there as well, who such a comforting thing, right? It was great. Yeah. It was great. Told me all the things about it that I needed to know. And no one sure coded it with me. Like, hey, there's this. If we don't like this, this is what they mentioned to me. Like, it was no, no BS, none of that stuff. It was great, you know. And and my brother had played there as well, so it was it was a no brainer. At the end of the day, it was it was really no brainer. Do you wish you would have went to JUCO out of high school ever? Sometimes I look back on it. Yeah, I do. Um, I think an 18-year-old kid, that's one of those the, decisions. A lot of 18-year-olds problem. are like, hey, I, especially me, like, oh, D1, 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 yeah. D1. And then that's kind of the stigma at our high school and stuff was always you're going D1 or you're not. And like, yeah. even like me looking back on, you know, CU and stuff like that, that went the JUCO route and it made sense. But going that way out of high school would make so much financial, athletic, maturity sense too. It definitely has a negative stigma and we were talking about this before yeah. the show that it just has such a negative stigma for no reason. Juco is one of the best things I think athletes could do. I completely agree. Especially, you know, if you're feeling a little, ah, I don't know if I, you know, this might not be the best option for me. It's, mm-hmm. I don't see why more kids don't do it. But And like I've been saying, he wasn't mature enough for Seattle. You know? I no. mean, it's, it goes to show how much of an impact, a healthy impact that a Juco, a junior college could make. Yeah. Shout out Jukos. Yeah, shout Juco out Jukos, man. I Juco love product. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's no. get that in the Instagram bio. Juco product. Hashtag Juco product. No, I mean, <laughs> it was, uh, I've looked back on it a couple times and I've thought maybe I should have gone to junior college out of mm-hmm. high school, but you got all these D1 offers and you're like, junior college? It's such a bad stigma, like going home and playing at a local junior college. Everyone thinks yeah, it's different. No like, reason, oh, sure. you didn't go D1, you went to a local junior college. Well, half the guys that I've played college basketball with are no longer playing college basketball. Yeah. Because they weren't ready for it. And a lot of them are playing D2, NAI, and no knock on those, but no, they, was, no. they were all five-star recruits going to big-time schools like Kentucky and Duke, and, you know, I was going to Seattle U. Mm-hmm. But now I have had the most, the longest career. I've made the most of my career, and I have a better you opportunity. Russian, I think that was kind of Yeah, the and I didn't rush I it. Most, is you were like, I'm trusting the process. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm determined to get to where I need to be, and I'm going to Exactly, yeah. You had a great time doing it, it sounds mm-hmm. like. So that's awesome. I mean, nothing but praise to you. Yeah. Stuck to the process and, you know, turned out to be one of the best things that could happen. Yeah, it wasn't an easy grind. No, it, no, there's no. no easy way to get here, you know. Um, and you might think it is, but going from a redshirt freshman to having to go to another staff, to another school, bouncing around from state to state, like it was, it's a process. And oh, it takes yeah. a toll on your mental as well. Absolutely, you know, especially, especially during COVID and everything. Yeah, that was rough as well. I mean, everything shut down and stuff. And then the following year, my COVID year was insane. All the stuff we had to do at Portland State, um, the masking, the constant testing, the scares, the canceling. We, um, we had a game one time. We played at Eastern Washington. We drove all the way to Ch- to Genie. You drove from Portland to Genie? Yeah. Ooh. About a six, and a, half, that, six yeah. and a half hour drive Ooh. on a bus. It's, and you got to think about it. You've got a lot of guys who are 6'10", 6'9", 6'7", 6'8", on like a, a – it's a coach. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. But it's not, bus. It's not big enough to fit us. And like, it's an extra hour on a bus. And you have to yeah. go through over mountain passes. It, it was insane. Yeah. So we get there. We get to the hotel. And we all put our stuff in. I'm like, oh, finally. You know, sweet. We got practice in about two hours, whatever. I can just relax for a little bit. Get a text from our coach, then let's meet downstairs. So we all meet downstairs. He goes, sorry, guys, to let you know. Eastern has had a COVID positive test. We cannot play them tonight, this weekend. Everyone's like, are you serious? Are you serious? We drove six and a half hours to come out here just to tell us we had a COVID positive on Eastern's team. 
So we practice that night. We wake up the next morning at 6 a.m. and drive right back to Portland. Oh, that is so brutal. Absolutely. Yeah, that was... Um, the reality behind college sports right there, especially during those COVID times. The happened all over the country. Yeah, it was... We were lucky enough to never have a COVID positive that year. We were wow. one of, one of I think, like 10 about. teams to not have a COVID positive. That's insane. That whole year, which was, was great. Nothing happened on our end. We didn't put anybody in any um, unsafe scenarios, playing a team having COVID positive. So that was... That was a blessing, but the testing. That, yeah. yeah, athletic training staff at Portland State. Thank you so much, Eli Peckham, uh, Kyle Smith, all those guys. Great, great, great athletic training staff over there. Kept us safe and healthy. So I, I uh, thank you for that. Yeah. And my even my coaches being honest all the time about masking and all that stuff. And the requirements were crazy too. I couldn't see. I, I didn't meet any other any other Portland State athletes that year. Really? We all stayed well, at, because you were only isolated your team. Yeah. So we. Uh, we I mean, I, I met I met a couple. I met a couple, like, walking and, and, and passing and stuff like that. But I didn't really get a good relationship with a lot of the other players on different teams because we couldn't see them. Because if they got a positive and then mingle with us and we get a positive, and now we got two positive cases, you yeah, know? Nice. So well, everything shut down. Exactly. Now everything's shut down. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got to know, what is the best game of your basketball or your volleyball career? Yeah, for people, a, for you people. had a little bit of recruitment as a volleyball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into that a little bit. But I'll answer this question first. Um... Gosh, I played so many games in my life. You know, it's a, Maguire's struggling like he knows what game you're gonna say. Or um, he thinks he knows what game you're gonna say. My Santa Margarita game, my sophomore year of high school, we played uh, Santa Margarita, and they had seven Division One players on their team. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just loaded. We played in the year before that. We beat them. Uh-huh. Low Sal on paper is not supposed to win that game. No. All these kids who've been playing YMCA together, all that stuff, growing and play Low Sal. We're not supposed to beat a team with a full division they have one players. Maybe or maybe not been recruited to go to Santa Margarita. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little little private little Trinity yeah. League action there. Um, <laughs> the but, Trinity League baby. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. But so we got Santa Margarita in the open division. It's the first time Low Sal been in the open division is one of the first Orange County public schools to be in the open division, which was really? an honor to play on. Oh yeah. I, I think know. it's one of the best teams Low Sal's had in a while. So it was. As a, and I was 16 years old or 15 years old playing on the team as a sophomore in high school. So it was a blessing to play with on that team and to win games. We won 27 games that year. We lost four. Um, but, yeah, we were we played Santa Margarita, and they're just beating the crap out of us in the first mm. half. Like, it, it looks bad. We yeah. go in the halftime down 18. Damn. We have a packed house, too. Oh, is that at home? Yeah, it's at home. Packed. packed. I was there. As a freshman? Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah, I was, think yeah. I was on the – Around the bench or something. Yeah, I think you might be on the bench or by might have been with us. Um, we might have pulled you up for the varsity that for the playoff run. And uh, packed house. We go into halftime. We're down 18 to Margarita. Looks like we're about to get blown out in the first round of open division or er, state playoffs. It's state playoffs because we lost in the open. To Any Mar- names on that court that people may recognize? Um, yeah, yeah. We have. There's a couple. Uh, Jake Kyman, who played at UCLA. Uh, yeah. He transferred the to. Keys. He's at Wyoming. The one Keys. of Iman's best. One of my good buddies. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. Jake. Love Jake to death. We played Dream Vision AU together. Max Ogbong Polo, who played at USC, is now at Wyoming as well with yeah. Jake Kyman. Oh, a little Santa Margarita to Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little Santa Margarita connection, connection to Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Guest, who played at Boston University. Um, Adrius Jackson, who played at Dartmouth. They had some um, freshmen that didn't play. That had some couple freshmen didn't really play that much, and then they had a couple of the role guys. Uh, I think one guy to play Cal State Fullerton, about seven footer to play at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. So there was just loaded talent. Yeah. Loaded talent, they you were, know. Yeah. They were deep. deep they were deep. Squad. They were deep, and we had yeah. a, we had a good squad that year. I mean, Yasu Worku averaged twenty four game for us. Played at UC Irvine. Um, we had a couple of guys that just knew their role. We all played together for so long. Grew up together, playing together. So it was just a team. I mean, twenty seven wins against yeah. really good teams that year. It wasn't like little. Little no, it, Southern it, we, Section is one of the toughest. Yeah, there were no regions you can play. Yeah, yeah. And 
we were playing everybody, so we had a good team, and we're going down 18 and a half, and I don't remember that speech Eddie gave us that game, but it was it wasn't a, a pretty speech. I'll it say loud. that it was loud <laughs> and it was in our faces, but we needed it. Yeah, you know, we needed, we needed it. Something. And uh, I don't. Know, it was it's it's like a blur to me. Like that comeback, we came back and it was like bang, 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 bang plays. The crowd, crowd, bring crowd crowds going it. insane. I think the crowd helped us. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Having a packed student section like that. Um, Definitely helped, and it was bang bang. One of my boys, Eugene Mitter, hit like three back-to-back threes to bring us in within five, and then we took the lead. And the crowd screaming, 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 screaming. And at the end of the game, we kind of break the press, and I get a pass. And I, to finish off the game, I dunk the ball, and everyone oh, goes and crazy. Like, no, like we had people on the court. People on the court already, yeah. I look at the sideline. Everyone's my athletic director standing up, and our principal's going crazy. And... They throw a half-court shot up, whatever. We win the game. The crowd rushes. It was just an insane feeling. Awesome. Beating a private school team for the second time in a row. No no, no harm to Jake or whatever, or Max, or any of those guys. <laughs> but uh, beating it's, them a the, good it's a good feeling. Beating them the second time in a row on the home court, coming down, down 18. It's it's one of those games you'll we'll talk about the rest of our lives. When we meet up 50 years down the line, me and the guys, and we're talking about, man, what a, what a time high school was. Santa Margarita is going to be the game we yeah. all think about. No, that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. What a crazy game. I wish I could have been there. Oh, yeah. that was nice. It was probably... I wish I could have been a student in that game, yeah. honestly. Yeah. 3,000 people in that yeah. tiny gym. Ooh. People were outside waiting to come into the gym yeah, still. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. It was awesome, though. That's how it gets lit. Yeah. So it's been the best game of your, uh, your basketball career? Yeah. I mean, I've had some great games where we've come back to some... I've seen some big-time dunks from my teammates and stuff like that and some big-time comebacks, but that one will always be solidified in my mind just because of where it was, who it was, and how we got it done. That actually leads us perfectly into our next question. Uh, we like to ask all of our guests, who is the best athlete that you've ever played with or against? You know, someone that just, you're watching on the court, they, they just stand out and they're like, holy shit, they're a step above everyone else. This year, this past year, we played uh, at Iowa, University of Iowa, who went, I think, to the 16, I think? Sweet 16 this yeah, year. Something like that. They were picked to be dead last in their conference this year and ended up going to the Sweet 16, won their conference tournament, something like that. Keegan Murray, who is the fourth pick in the NBA draft through the Sacramento Kings this year. I played against him at Iowa this year. And he is an athletic specimen at 6'8", yeah. 220. Woo. Jumps oh, out oh, of the oh, gym, God. can shoot the ball, can do everything you want yeah, in an sure athlete. Yeah. There was a play. I'll always remember this play. There was a play. They got a fast break. I'm running, sprinting down. I think it's like a three-on-two. I'm sprinting back. And their guy misses it. I'm going up for a rebound. Before I even a chance to leave the ground, Keegan's over my back, pushing over my back. The ball is in his hand. He fumbles the ball midair, like fumbles it, bobbles it. He's lifted off my shoulder, and he catches it, and he bobbles it midair, and he dunks it back over my head. And I'm six, I'm six nine, I'm six ten. So he's got to get up over a big guy jumping with him. And this guy's six eight. And he is taken off, catching the ball over my head and dunking right back he over. Fumbled it in midair and was able and to still. He doesn't. He doesn't show any emotion. Doesn't show any emotion. Doesn't doesn't scream. Doesn't tap his head. Just jogs back. And that hurt me. That hurt me more than anything. I'm like. <laughs> Yell in my face, <laughs> something. Don't just jog back, cause that made me angry. You made but me feel so casual. Yeah, you just jumped over me. <laughs> he had twenty points in the first half against us. Damn. He went off for thirty-five that game. That's um, definitely one of the best answers we've ever got for that question. But that that was one of the craziest plays. I played with some crazy athletes, but that was a crazy play by an athletic player. Like you said, that's one you're never gonna forget. You're like, I'll never Holy forget that. Shit. That's one I'm honored to say. I'm gonna dunked on by the. Fourth pick in the NBA draft. Not many people can say that. Yeah. Nope. Not so many that was that. that was uh, 
That was one of them. Yeah, yeah. The, one, the other one that I would thought he might also bring up was uh, Jake Wop or Josh Christopher, for those that don't know his nickname. Also, he tried to drunk on Jacob, but Jacob was not having it that game. <laughs> yeah, no, I played against Josh. Josh and I played AU together for a little bit, too. Josh Christopher plays for the Houston Rockets right now. Um, unbelievable athlete, great basketball player, can score the, pick in the draft. Yeah, tenth pick in the draft, can yeah. score the ball yeah, at will. Well. Played at Arizona State. Um, he yeah, he's athletic, yeah. head at the rim kind of guy, uh-huh. you know. And uh, we played him my senior year of high school. That was a great win too. Yeah. Was, I was mix uh, junior year, I think, in yeah. my senior year. We should not be in that team. No, no way. They had two division two division one guys. One guy that's out of the league. That's yeah. one guy going in the NBA. Well, obviously, we didn't know he was going to the NBA, but yeah, it was a packed house for that game. It wasn't. It was like a, a it was Olu. Olu for like this little showcase. But Oregon sitting courtside. You got UCLA. All every kind of coach Everyone for Josh. For yeah. Josh, you know, yeah. and, I'm, and I had some coaches there because this is after my release from UTEP, mm-hmm. and um, we ended up beating them. And it was a great win. Everyone played their role to the T. Like just everyone did what they were supposed to do. The best um, win, right? Yeah, good team it was crazy. After that, I'm walking into the locker room, I'm like, "Wow, we just beat them." Yeah, a team, it's one of those games that everything just goes so right. You don't even realize what happens. Yeah, I'm walking off, game. and I'm like, "Did we really just beat Mayfair, uh, an open division possible team, like with this band of misfits this year?" <laughs> <laughs> with Mick G shooting corner three. Yeah, Mick had a great game that game. I remember. I can remember a play. I think I brought it up to you the other day where Mick calls off. I think one of our offensive plays and. He calls for a backdoor for someone and just nails it through two guys, hits the guy, hits it from a layup, and I'm like, wow, that was a high IQ. But like I said earlier, high IQ yeah. play makes high, high Wait, IQ he's plays. Blushing over yeah, here. Yeah. I've got me blushing. Uh, I need to stop blushing. So our debate question, we ask every athlete a debate question. Ours for you is, you lived in both. What is a better city, Portland or Seattle? Ooh. Ooh. I love both They're cities. They're like rival cities. Everyone yeah, 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 yeah. There's got a lot of similarities. There's got a lot of similarities and a lot of different things. Seattle's very hilly. A lot of hills. We're walking a lot of hills. Portland's very flat. Um, I've never been to Portland. I've been to Seattle. but mm-hmm. Portland's great. So, Portland's got more breweries, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Portland's definitely good. If you want a good beer, go to Portland. Yeah. Um, wow. On the spot. Don't hate me. My Portland people don't hate me. I would pick Seattle. Really? I love the city of Seattle. That's it's awesome. so it's beautiful. It's place. beautiful. It's so diverse. It's just great. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I love Capitol Hill. It's where I lived. Um, and it's it's amazing. You know, there's it's there's so much outside of it, too. And the same with Portland. There's so much outside of Portland, so much nature uh, outside of Portland. But Seattle's, Seattle, Seattle has my heart, for sure. Definitely. The last uh, little segment we like to do with all of our athletes is we like we call it the rapid fan questions. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you five questions. Uh, you get no time to think about your answer. We just mm-hmm. want you to answer the first thing that comes to mind. But from there, you get to elaborate on your answer. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, oh, just this, and we'll move on to the next. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read off your five questions today since McGuire made them. First question, best Celtics player of all time? No. A Larry Bird. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you weren't going to say Tatum or something. No, no, no. Larry Bird, Larry Bird. <laughs> is uh, Boston your team? Yeah, big Boston Celtics fan over here. Best Batman movie of all time? Dark Knight. Uh, yeah. That was, from, that, that was from last night. Yeah, we yeah, about we're talking about the last night. night. Dark does, Knight. Does the new one come close? So we talked about this too last night. Uh, Earl Pattinson plays a great Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Christian Bale plays a great Bruce Wayne. Mm. Hot take, right? We got into it last night. Yeah, got into it about last night. A couple of us did, a couple of buddies. Yeah, yeah, a couple of buddies of us. Yeah, it was. uh, We all came to a consensus that that was agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good take. Mm -hmm. The best basketball you can use Nike, Wilson, 
Spalding. Um, I love the Nike basketballs when we go play like Oregon State. They have some great Nike basketballs that I love to play with. The one that we play with now, the Wilson. The new evolution. The new evolution. I love it. It's this bright orange ball. Break it in a little bit. If you play with it the first day you get it, it's it's, it's brutal. Yeah. You're missing everything. You're like, well, how did I just miss that? Um, <laughs> so we, it is the ball. I'm not tripping when I'm out there trying to like. It is the ball. It is the ball. It's 100 the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the ball. Uh, always win with the ball. But that's my favorite one definitely right now is the new Wilson we play with in college basketball. Uh, how about the balls we played with in high school? Oh, those evolutions were terrible. No, they weren't even. They were Spaldings. They were the Spaldings. Yeah, the 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 T the TF yeah TF one thousands. Oh my gosh, those were terrible. After a couple like maybe one or two games, they're just destroyed. Yeah, and they're just like rocks, and like you can't grip them. Yeah. So I played baseball in high school. That's so that's hilarious because that's something so different. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting a new ball every couple plays because they're getting jacked up, but. Yeah, I guess you're kind of rolling with the same ball. You're rolling with the same ball, like, for a while, yeah. You get a new set. Usually every team, pretty sure, gets a new set every year before the season starts, and you break those at the end of the year. They become your practice balls at the end of the year, and you throw them out, and, yeah. Did you hear hear CIS going with the new evolutions? Yeah, I saw that. It's smart. I mean, it's translating right to college. All college teams are using it now, so why wouldn't you just translate? Is it the same size ball from high school to college? Yeah, 29 and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next question. When are you not sweating? And this seems a little personal. I think uh, I think McGuire should have asked this question, but I'm gonna go ahead and just say it. When are you not sweating? Oh man! What is the worst time you've had sweating? <laughs> I'm a big. I sweat a lot. I, I think it's just a genetic thing, honestly. My dad sweats. We all no sweat. Hate. No hate. Um, I don't ever smell. Like I just no, sweat. No, no, just like sweat. I smell good all the time. Like I just sweat like a crazy person. Yeah. Like. Um, when I'm in the pool, Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I sweat, like, I sweat like a maniac in Vegas. Um, we can move on from that. McGuire is going to be chuckling all day. Yeah. This one. But uh, last of our rapid fan questions, who on your team would you not let date your daughter? Oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully my teammates watch this. Um, <laughs> my McGuire, oh, my goodness. Sorry, I can't. I've never seen you be able to not contain yourself. No, like my, this is hilarious. I mean, what team? But uh, My team. My team, that's yeah. a good answer. Um, my Portland State team currently right now. Cole, if you're watching this, I'm sorry to put you under the bus like this. I would not let my daughter date Cole Farrell at Portland State. Not a chance. Sorry, buddy. Very Shout out Cole. Cole and Matt have to get you on the podcast to defend yourself from that. Yeah, he, uh, he's a funny guy. You guys love him on the podcast for sure. Uh, or even Kendall Munson. Sorry, Kendall. Too, should, like, sorry about that. But those two. My, my daughter's not dating either one of those guys. Wait, what was that last name? Uh, Kendall Munson. It's the same last name as mine, yeah. No relation? No. Mm-hmm. Wow. No. That is. We, we look, that's wild. We look quite a bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> oh. um, all right, so here at Next Fan, as you know, we have fan connections. So. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, connecting with someone after a game and taking a picture with them, mm-hmm. or playing 2K with them, or giving what, them your workout routine. Exactly. Do you have one in mind that you would most like? That's your dream. Like, uh, pay me to fly out, and I'll talk to you about how I went from JUCO to. Or what is there something in your on pay your mind? Pay me, and I'll complain your you know your five on five pickup game, something like that. That's technically know? illegal. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, anything like that that comes to mind. Yeah, I'd love to share my experience and how I've gotten where I've gotten to and, and how hard it is for an 18-year-old to make those decisions. You know, if someone wants to have me come speak to a junior college, to a Division One school, to another program, I would love to share my story 
and how to get through that, how to get through the tough times with battling knee injuries to coaching changes to COVID to all these things to, I mean, I've had a coaching change this past year. My head coach right now is the same head coach I had my first year at Portland State. So it's, you know, I've been through it all. I've been through every, every level. I've been in three different states now. So, I mean, I'd love to come speak to a program or a family or a team or whatever or a business. Again, you can relate the same thing to business as well. So. Yeah. Well, Jacob, you've done an amazing job telling that story today. I mean, that was quite the journey you just took us through in this right. last, you know, 45 minutes. And I'm honored to be able to learn about your story. And I'm glad to be able to share it with everybody. Uh, thank you for coming on. We're thank you for having that. me. I had a great time. We're going to give you 30 seconds. You can look into the camera, plug yourself, your Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, so my Instagram is at Jacob Iman, E-Y-M-A-N underscore. Uh, my Twitter is at Jacob underscore Iman with four N's. And uh, my TikTok is at Jacob Iman as well if you want to see some some pretty cool TikToks with me and my teammates. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah, we'll be sure to link all that below. We'll also be able to link our socials down below. Be sure to follow those. Thank you guys for listening to another amazing interview. Jacob, thank you so much thank for you. coming out. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank you. McGuire, as always, another amazing interview. That was fun. Yeah, what was your highlight of that? Uh, just having him tell his story i'd seen it all go all go down with him from having to come back to fullerton and covid and having him finally find his home in portland has been pretty cool to see and i was actually able to go see him last year um, when boise state played in the NCAA tournament up there so that was pretty cool to see him and see his home up there and stuff like that yeah no i mean i had only met him that day and i definitely got attached to the story as well because it's just so unique you know so many people go through so many different things in college sports and you know that's part of the reason the next fan podcast we want to give a voice to all those athletes who have these crazy unique stories these unique experiences um so yeah that was definitely my favorite part of it as well just getting to hear that story of going from here to here you know all the coaches along the way that helped him through everything and all that amazing stuff. It was a really great podcast. And, you know, we thank you all for listening. Um, we definitely recommend supporting Jacob. Great guy um, on and off the court. Definitely was really fun to have in here. So head to nextfan.com backslash Jacob Iman. And McGuire, I think you have a little something to say about supporting these athletes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the NCAA had just clarified their rules on NIL stuff with uh, institutions not being allowed to orchestrate any deals, um, be able to... Uh, use any graphic designers or anything like that and here at next fan that's what we do we're here to help the athlete and uh, hopefully college athletes that are listening to this are able to see our value with that and uh, hopefully y'all sign up as well yeah like we said nextfan.com backslash jacob i'm gonna support him also nextfan.com just to sign up if you are in d1 d2 d3 naia juco whoever you are we want to give you guys the opportunity to make money so head to nextfan.com and get signed up today be sure to check out all of our socials linked down below. We will also have Jacob's socials linked down below. He said it at the end of the podcast, but I know his uh, username is a little confusing, so we'll make sure to put that down in the bio. Thank you guys for listening, as always, and we will see you next Friday. Peace out. Peace out.